Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done. Hello, 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 and welcome to another edition of the Niner Noise Podcast, part of the Fansided Podcast Network. My name is Robert Morrison. I am a contributor at NinerNoise.com, and here with me is another contributor at Niner Noise, Chris Wilson. Chris, how are you doing today, sir? I am doing fantastic, and surprisingly, I still have somewhat of a voice after our mailbag episode that, thanks to some breaking Niner news and a whole lot of discussion, never really happened. So I am happy to be back to finish what we intended to start and then finish, but never did. And that's to answer mailbag questions from our biggest fans and then set our sights on week one of the regular season, provided we can get rid of that nasty orange Instagram filter and return the Santa Clara sky back to its regular bluish color. At this point in 2020, Nothing surprises me. All right, so let's go ahead and get into the questions for our uh, second mailbag episode um, of the Niner Noise podcast. Chris, would you like to get us started uh, reading the first question? I would love to. We have Doodles in Maryland, which if you're in Maryland, why have you not contacted me to hang out with me? Because I have no friends. He's doodling. That's what he's doing. We could at least Zoom or something. That's what I'm assuming. He can doodle on Zoom. I'll watch him. There we go. All right, Doodles, get in touch with you. We're hanging out. So he starts with, hi, friendly. Hello. Hey, hey, doodles. One of the criticisms of Garoppolo before the Super Bowl was that he threw so few passes in the playoffs, especially the Green Bay game, that Shanahan had lost confidence in him, comma, blah, blah, blah. (laughs) I like the blah, blah, blah. So far, I love it. I love it, doodles. I love it. But, well... You need a comment there. But I noticed it's the internet. Who cares? But I noticed that Garoppolo's Wikipedia page, because that's where I go for all my sports news, says that he was, quote unquote, hampered by a knee injury during that game. Any truth to this? Did Shanahan come up with a game plan that protected Jimmy G while concealing the injury from the Packers? Go Niners, back to the Super Bowl, baby. Dot, 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 dot. Happy face. (laughs) 
<laughs> I like that you read all of it. <laughs> I like you, Doodles. Nice, Doodles. I want to be friends with Doodles. <laughs> yeah, Doodles. Please contact Chris directly. Directly, um, Doodles. As soon as possible. Yes, directly. DM. Slide into those DMs. Yep. Um. So I don't. I don't know anything about an injury i have i don't have jimmy on speed dial nor any members of the 49ers brass um to be able to tell me and frankly even if i did even if i had john lynch on speed dial right now i don't think he would even tell me i don't think he'd honestly tell me the truth because who cares right because if he's fine now who cares if he was bad then um but i i I don't think so um he sort of was but i'll get into that later well he i mean sure he might have been hampered by the sort of extension of the knee injury and the fact that oh yeah 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 i guess you're in saying that, yeah. in that regard that's in I minnesota but next week who knows yeah. correct i mean sure he only threw the ball what 27 times in two weeks but here's the thing especially in the packers game um they were pretty successful on the grounds um against minnesota they ran the ball 47 times for 186 yards but they went on to make that even worse, um, the following week, and they ran the ball 42 times for 285 yards. So yes, we've talked about this over and over and over about how successful they were running the ball. And, and the fact of the matter is, I think that's all it was. Um, they, <laughs> If you look at the NFC Championship game, they started running the ball, and they ran the ball well, and the Packers literally had no idea how to stop Raheem Mostert to, from doing anything. Um, and so they kept giving them the ball and especially when you're up 27, nothing at halftime, what are you going to do? Like, <laughs> I mean, I get, you know, keeping your quarterback fresh and blah, 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 blah. But frankly, why? Like <laughs> if it's still working now, I get it. If like the Packers had come out and scored three touchdowns in a row. Okay. Maybe you start having a different conversation, but I think the game plan was they can't stop the run. Um, and until they stop the run, we're going to keep running it down their throats. And that's what happened. Um, and the other part of the problem here is that he threw the ball 31 times in the Super Bowl um, against 22 runs because the Chiefs did a better job of stopping the running game than the Packers or the Vikings did, for that matter. To me, I think that's all, all it was. I could be wrong because, again, I don't, I don't know uh, the situation. But to me, I think it was just a, a game plan situation, and that was it. So, yeah, I don't know. Do you know anything else that I don't know, Chris, and you haven't been telling me? Come on, man. We don't keep secrets. But I do remember that Garoppolo hurt himself during the Minnesota game previous week. And I believe it was the Niners' second drive of the game. And I think of that game, we were home, so we kicked off Minnesota three and out. And yeah, yeah, that's right. With that um, Cousins pass to the left, it was just like middle of nowhere. So we got the ball back, drive down the field, beautiful touchdown, good to go. But then, unfortunately... Diggs had his way with our left side cornerback, and that's the last time that we saw of him for a long, long time. <laughs> Poor Kello. Tied up, really key drive for the Niners. Need to put some points on the board. And this is the drive, you probably remember this, where McGlinchey just totally fell apart. Yeah. Maybe something like click for him, <laughs> like mm-hmm. maybe the magnitude of the situation. We are a game and a half away from going to... The Super Bowl. Maybe he was just overwhelmed. I don't know what happened to him. Mm-hmm. His brain turned off or something. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> and he just totally fell apart. And had, I think he had like six bad plays in a row. He missed an easy block. He let Grappolo get hit. And that's the play where he got injured. And then called timeout. And then he allowed a sack on the next play. And then a quarterback hurry. And then he 
all started. Mm-hmm. And then he allowed a quarterback pressure that, you know, on third down and just totally killed the drive. But the good thing is that he, I guess, got on the sideline and was <laughs> given a stern talking to by Staley or, or someone uh, there on the offensive line or staff. And he was pretty good for the rest of the game. So anyway, on the second play of his drive to forget, <laughs> he was, uh, you know, lined up on the right side and it was just four man rush. And he didn't give Garoppolo a way to exit the pocket. And their head rusher on that side is good. To Neil Hunter, mm-hmm. yeah, he's sort of playing uh, McGlinchey's as if he were going outside, sort of like around the pocket. And he got McGlinchey a little off balance, and then he cut back inside. And at the same time, Thomason was just like owned by who? Who's that really bad? And they bring inside on passing downs. Weatherly, I think. Yeah, yeah, Stephen Weatherly. Yeah. As you tell, I don't care about Minnesota. That's not totally true, but <laughs> I'm just look. I'm looking at the drive breakdown as well. Oh, you are yeah. okay. Good. Okay. I don't feel so bad. You're like just throwing these numbers out of nowhere, and I'm just like, what's his name again? <laughs> and he bull rushed uh, Tomlinson and knocked him backwards, and it was just a mess. And Crabble had like no time to throw the ball, so he immediately tried to exit the pocket, but McGlinchey didn't let him because he didn't grab Hunter and pull him outside of the pocket so Grabolo could run to the outside. And I know you remember this play because it was third down and Kendrick Bourne caught that like that perfectly thrown duck to the right side of the field where Juice was also on that side of the field asking for the ball 10 yards in front of the third down marker. I don't know why. But uh, yes. they mm-hmm. called it like a desperation pass and it, it sort of was desperation-ish in the way that it was delivered but it was like a perfect play and you could see like like I was on the sideline and I was like there's no way he tried to throw it to him like he tried to throw it to Juice and it was just got out of his hands but then looking at actually the way that Grapple was looking I mean he had like a, a split second to see Bourne breaking across the field and he knew that he was going to get um, past the safety who was super aggressive and he just put it exactly where it needed to be so I'll find that play and um and post on Twitter and, and link to it. I, I remember fairly distinctly because I was there. <laughs> and I was like, no. And I was like, yeah. Humble brag. Humble brag. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Got to keep it on brand. Yeah. What on earth was I supposed to be answering here? Oh, the Packers game. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Was was Jimmy injured or not? So was he injured? Yes. He was injured on the second play. So what happened was Hunter got there second. So it was Weatherly who got there first and sort of initially hit him high, but slid down because... Crapple was trying to exit out the right side because it was open until McGlinchey didn't allow it to be. And then Hunter grabbed him and it was sort of like a high-low type of thing. It was definitely intentional that Hunter was trying to hurt him because of the way that he acted during the play, which was not cool. But on Weatherly's part, he was trying to grab onto whatever he can grab onto. And he hit him high and he sort of rolled down him because Garoppolo is superhuman and can just withstand any Lyman's uh, pass rush. <laughs> and you know, so he was sort of holding onto his leg, and then Grapple had the knee brace on there. And I remember him saying after the game, though, thank goodness I had this knee brace on because that might have been it for me. You know? Yeah. So they weren't, they weren't sure if it was a knee injury or an ankle injury or some type of leg injury. But then you know, Hunter, like, of course, like grabs him. The, the ball has been thrown. The ball has been caught. And then just like still like picks him up and just like, drives him into the ground and it's just like crafts what are you doing you know it's just it's just one of those like like you'd probably be ejected from the game if it was Brady or or Breeze or or any guy who's over like 50 <laughs> and you could tell right after the play that Jimmy 
did hurt his leg because he was limping really badly and Shanahan recognized it and then called a timeout. So it was the thing then, whether it's the thing in the Packers game, I don't think so. <laughs> I mean, he, he could have still been injured, I don't know. But I think Shanahan wanted to dominate the Packers in the run game because the 49ers dominate the Packers in the run game, period. That's just what they do. It's like <laughs> they I don't know, had some type of amnesia from drive to drive and the guy just keeps running up and down the field on them and they just keep forgetting. And why don't you just stop the running back from running and breaking all these records? But by the time you're at halftime, you're up by four scores. Like you said, was it 27 nothing? Yep. And like, why on earth would you throw the ball? <laughs> so Grappolo didn't throw the ball that game. Like, what did he throw like eight times? Or so? Eight I times. Think, Six of eight yeah. for 77 yards. Yeah. Which is actually not. Totally horrible, but anyway. No. Um, <laughs> but it's not what you would expect from a blowout victory in the playoffs, especially after the way that they uh, had their way with Breeze the week before. <laughs> so he didn't throw the ball. It's like a quadruple negative, not because he's a bad quarterback like Mitchell. Don't call me Mitch Trubisky is correct. He didn't throw the ball because he didn't have to, and there's no reason for him to throw correct. the ball. So as for the Chiefs game. That's the one thing that I still don't understand because I think Shane really outsmarted himself by keeping Mostert on the sidelines for pretty much the entire first quarter and the majority of the second quarter too. Because like no sane person in the world would expect him to leave this guy who just broke records last week or I guess two weeks ago to be on the sideline and while Garoppolo is throwing the ball. It, it didn't make any sense, and I may have yelled a little bit. Like he can hear me from the upper deck. So, <laughs> um, and then, you know, Grappolo really played fine until right. the end. Yeah, absolutely. And if Grappolo had scored on that drive and not on that stupid play call to Sanders that he overthrew, which everyone's up in arms about, which is like the dumbest, play, one of the dumbest play calls. Well, and actually, Shannon has lots of dumb play calls, but like, why on <laughs> earth are you throwing the ball in that situation, giving Mahomes time? I mean, it's just like, did you pay the broadcast company? Was it Fox? Eight? Yes. It was Fox, yeah. right? Yeah. Did you did you pay them? <laughs> did they pay you to do something like that just so that you could potentially score and then Mahomes can be like, you know, Superman and come down the field and then win the game? I mean, it's like, why would you do that with so much time on the clock? It makes no sense. It was just a horrible play call. And especially for a quarterback. <laughs> especially for <laughs> how do I really feel? And especially for a quarterback who is, doesn't have the best deep ball. So I mean, it's just, you know, I know. So <laughs> Yeah, he played fine until the end. Yes, he overthrew that ball. I mean, Sanders isn't as fast as it used to be either, so whatever. So who do you want to blame it on? I blame it on Garoppolo, but you know, also blame it on the coaching staff and whatever. So when Kansas City exposed the Niners' weakened tier offensive line, which somehow coaches could not expose over the majority of the season, that forced <laughs> whatever... Shanny to keep his best receiver Kittle in the block, which will go down as one of the dumbest things that Shanahan has ever done as an OC. And that was the end of the game. They might as well have just dropped the confetti right there. Like we said before, or I've said before, I think you've agreed just to shut me up. That I'm, I'm trying low, Yeah, I, I know. <laughs> but... Yeah, it, it'll, be, it'll be a multi-bot, so we'll be good. Yeah. So, but you know, if Grappolo had driven down the field 
and he had scored a touchdown and the 49ers had won the game, he would be MVP of the game and it wouldn't be close. Uh, I think it could have been close, but yeah, I agree with you. Uh, yeah, I mean, who else did you choose? I think Debo had a was in the conversation, especially after what he was doing in the first half. But yeah, I guess it depends on how he would have done. And, and Debo was awesome. I mean, he did sort of disappear in the second half. I guess it would have depended on what he did during that drive. So yeah, potentially Debo and maybe just the hate for Garoppolo in general. Yeah in the media would have kept him from that. But if I was voting, <laughs> then I would have voted for Garoppolo because, um, you know, if he showed the leadership there, we love you, too. Jimmy, come on the podcast. What's that? I said, we love you, Jimmy, come on the podcast. Oh yeah. 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 We do love you, Jimmy, especially me, but yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> sure. Robert loves you too, but I love you in, it's a, true. in a different way. Well, not a different anyway. Way. Oh boy. Anyway, uh, I think we have more questions. So <laughs> yeah, there we go. Well, without dwelling on that any further, we will move on to our next question, which comes from a very devoted listener and a fan from day one of the Niner Noise podcast, which just so happens to be nearing its very first podversary. Anyway, our next question comes from a frequent commenter and retweeter of the pod on Twitter, which we sincerely appreciate. And... The question allows us to move forward from an exciting 2019 to fingers crossed and double crossed, a complete and fun 49ers season in 2020. And with that, Jesse Collins on Twitter asks, what's going to happen to the 49ers season if the California governor doesn't allow teams to play at home because of COVID-19? Will every 49ers game be an away game? Your thoughts. And I guess we can add to that the current air quality situation. Well, I'm not a doctor, but I do play one on the internet. Um, no, not really. Um, it it looks, it, it seems, based on what I follow to the news, because um, even though I don't live in California anymore, I still sort of follow things in and around uh, the states to kind of keep up with what's going on um, around the country and also in, you know, around the 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 football team that I follow. It's nice to be on top of that. And it kind of looks like, even though it was looking like for a little while that California was going to be sort of dragging their feet in all of this in terms of opening back up. And I don't mean that sort of pejoratively, but just like they were going to be one of the last to, to do that. And the conversation was pejorative. Someone's bringing their professor a game today. <laughs> the, 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 the question was, you know, was starting to come out that a lot of the other States were going to open things up and California might not be, able to do that but it does seem that they're heading in the direction of being able to to open up and barring any sort of recurrence of the virus which of course people are still talking about but at this point seems like you're moving in the direction of that i believe um uh santa clara county which is um if i'm not mistaken where uh uh levi stadium is located very well educated guess um moved into a new phase where they were able to have outdoor dining and in-store shopping and things like that so it seems like again barring any sort of changes with what's going on that the 49ers will play their home games at levi's and the rams and chargers yes the both the rams and the chargers uh will play at sofi um in los angeles in 2020 and obviously we're dealing with unprecedented territory in terms of this whole situation. Obviously, 49ers officials and John Lynch specifically, I believe he said this on Matt Mayoko's uh, 49er Insider podcast, mentioned that they have been looking at all the different ways they can handle this. And so they'll figure out alternatives if they need to. But I, my guess is at this point that they'll play at Levi's in, in 2020 for sure. 
I too share your positivity about disease and nature and etc. Giving us a break and the 49ers playing all of their home games at Levi's Stadium in 2020. However, knowing me, that does come with a few caveats. And these aren't meant to be pejorative as <laughs> much as disappointing opinions based on past experience. Yes. First off, in the 49ers' recent email to season ticket holders, basically said, you don't have season tickets this year, <laughs> was widely read as a, we give up because we don't really care message, which lacked any of the many numerous potential innovative ideas or even just demonstrations that were on the same side. The smallest of gestures really go a long way towards Niner fans and season ticket holders. So this is a very, very big opportunity lost by the franchise. Second, even though the organization promised some type of preferential treatment to those who essentially hand over their money to the team until next year, any reasonable seats in the stadium, if they're available, will first go to the quote-unquote friends of Jed and maybe now quote unquote friends of the team. And that's simply the way that the team rolls. <laughs> and I'd love it to be proven otherwise, but I have yet to be proven otherwise, especially since the team has moved to Santa Clara permanently. So 49ers, please prove me wrong on this item. Three, some season ticket holders may, and in a best case scenario, be left with a rare opportunity or perhaps multiple rare opportunities to purchase 400 level seats or overpriced club seats that the team can never sell. And yes, it gets you in the stadium. And yes, it would probably maybe fly out there to watch, but <laughs> it seems a little bit disingenuous compared to the email that was sent out to the season ticket holders. However, and positivity here, which is rare, I know. I would expect SPL owners to fight very hard and to win any potential battle for rights to their playoff seats if COVID-19 allows. So justified partially or fully, 49ers season ticket holders are very angry. And they're currently selling the rights to their seats at significant discounts and often lower than during the 2-12 and 12 season. Is this sort of bottom barrel right now. So if the opportunity presents itself, the team would essentially be in a lose-lose situation. Whereas, yeah, they could perhaps have some short-term benefits, but the long-term pain that would come along with those benefits would be way too much to bear. And they'll be forced to give in. And of course, that all depends on whether COVID gives in first. So I really just wanted to speak on behalf of the faithful about the situation and the team's response to both give the people on the streets the voice and to let the team know that offers to purchase $150 cutouts a couple days before the general public can just do it isn't something that your fan base appreciates in the least. So off the soapbox and... Prior to answering Jesse's question, 
Let's get this pod back on brand. I want to run by something that just crossed my mind when I was in the middle of that last little monologue. And uh, I'm probably going to need a little bit of help from Robert on this one to make sure that I'm accurate in some of my assumptions. So uh, here it goes. Let's get back on that non-serious track. So the governor of California is Gavin Newsom, right? Uh, Correct. Yep. Didn't he used to be the mayor of San Francisco? I think he was during the whole, when the 49ers were trying to figure out where they're going to build their stadium. Yep, he was the mayor of San Francisco from 2004 to 2011. Yeah. I, I don't remember specifically what like role he took in that. But I, I <laughs> are, know you, that are, are you insinuating something here, Chris? <laughs> no, well, I, I'm, I'm getting somewhere here. And I, right. I don't know if it has anything to do with him. It just hit me. So I know that San Francisco, the city, and the mayor took a very strong position that they were not going to provide funding to the York family to build a stadium. And that was one of the reasons why they, well, one of the reasons we were told that they decided to move permanently to Santa Clara as opposed to finding a alternate space or redoing the candlestick or whatever. We're just playing there forever because I love it. And I think he was born and raised in San Francisco, like, like a true local guy, went to college there and everything. Yeah, I think he he went to Santa Clara University. Oh, really? Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So look at me. So the question I have is, does he hate the Niners? <laughs> I, I don't know. Yeah. Like, why, why would he do this to us? I don't know. So I don't just know. Just a question and some food for thought for our listeners. You know, just in case somebody has some extra COVID time to do some digging. Second comment, and then I'll answer the question. Have you checked out like any of these ESPN highlights of some of these Asian baseball leagues who started playing early? I have not, no. no. Some of these ideas are so awesome, but extremely creepy. And the NBA is doing some pretty cool stuff now, but I think it was them or maybe one of the major European soccer leagues that started out. Uh, the German soccer league, the, Bundes- the Bundesliga has started. Bundesliga. Yeah. Just pass to Lewandowski for all the goals. I promise you, by the time I'm done here, this is going to be a straight Taysom Hill slash European soccer podcast. So, you know, empty seats, obviously bad look, especially like the primo seats where they had fans cutouts in the Mm -hmm. stands. Yeah, they're funneling in crowd noise. It's a little weird. Actually, it's sort of normal. It's just like every 49ers away game I've ever been to. And I got in... Not an argument, but I was listing all the stadiums I know that funnel in crowd noise because I can hear it and that don't really care about the 20-second rule. And lots of people had thoughts about that, so they'll read my timeline. But I was nice to all of them. So, <laughs> But another thing that I'd heard was that, and I can't remember which league it was, but they had, like for all the season ticket holders, because obviously they feel bad for them, and I'm sure they had to like, pay some money for it or whatever, what have like some type of like virtual reality type of setup in their seat, stream to their house they'd set up, and then they could actually like watch the game from their seats, which to me sounds pretty cool if we were to go this unfortunate route, especially if I can yell in some capacity at the game. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's really important. Yeah, yes, yeah. I need to yell 
I don't know why, but I do. <laughs> yeah, so I, I need to be close to the field yelling at Shanahan for everything that he does that I don't like and then saying how much I love him every time he does something I, that I do like. So it, the Niners were able to come up with something like that, and I hear the Bay Area is good with technology. I don't, I don't know. They're able to come up with something like that, and then I'm sure that Jed would charge who knows how much for it, and then maybe he could somehow like set something up with like Uber Eats to deliver fourteen dollar beers and sodas to your house. Like it, it could be just like the whole experience instead. I wouldn't have to fly to San Francisco every week, so <laughs> I'd be okay with it if if that were the case. So anyway, to answer your question, <laughs> it's not my question. It's 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 uh, Jesse's question. Oh yeah, I know it's yeah. Jesse's question, but I am absolutely assured that Jesse is currently listening. So Jesse, to answer your question as to whether we will play 19 straight away games in 2020, the answer is no. Although I would very much like to play 19 games, the 19 games that the foreigners will hopefully play will not all be away games. In fact, it would be pretty surprising if... California's supreme leader did not allow California's football teams to play their games at home. Yes. Say if the COVID situation takes a dip, even if he mandated that they were played in front of little to no audience. And it has nothing to do with COVID. It's all about the money. California has enough debt for a small European country and not only did SoFi Stadium somehow double in price, but they had to ask for another half billion dollars from the NFL for a bailout because, shockingly, fans aren't willing to pay for PSLs so they don't get to watch any of the football games. So, Gavin Newsom, whether or not he is a huge Niner fan or a Niner hater, which will have to be investigated thoroughly... I think that he will eventually come to his senses. And like you said, things are moving in the right direction. But if the three California teams had to play their home games at a state for whatever reason, they would definitely not have to play them at the opposing team stadium. For sure. For a number of reasons. First, because the logistics just wouldn't work out. For example, some football teams share stadiums with other football teams. And while two of those teams play in California. The other two teams play in New Jersey in a stadium that looks like a giant air conditioner. Please at me if you think it does not look like a big AC unit. But they make it work by essentially alternating home games, which is manageable for the NFL when they're doing their scheduling until one of the California teams comes to town and suddenly you have one team playing two opponents. So now we have three teams playing on the field at the same time, which would be entertaining to watch, but would not make for very good football. And I believe that the Raiders were the last team to share a stadium with their baseball counterpart but baseball games are still not scheduled on the same day or same relative time as football games and those logistics have already been ironed out so that's not the kind of thing that either side wants to try to address again 
Yeah. But even if the NFL was able to work out the logistics of the scheduling and you could somehow always play in the posing team stadium, but that's extremely unfair and West Coast teams are already at enough of a disadvantage, even though we don't cur and we still go to the Super Bowl. So there have been a number of ideas thrown around. I think they've all been unofficial, but they have sparked the interest of the NFL and the NFL has not shot them down, which who knows what that means, <laughs> based on potential scheduling conflicts, because obviously there are lots of scheduling conflicts. The best total idea that I've seen, if they have to move all sport events, well, NFL sport events, we don't care about the other one, <laughs> out of California and into a different state. The best one I've seen is the foreigners playing in the stadium of the rival. Hmm, that's a good question. Who hates the Niners more? Is it Gavin Newsom or is it the Arizona Cardinals? I'm not sure. I, I guarantee you, like Newsom has like a man cave. It's like filled with Niner stuff. He like loves him so much. Anyway, so the Niners would play games in Phoenix, and it's actually the idea that works the best because it would work out like nearly perfectly. There, I think there may be one game they might need to move a little bit later, and otherwise it's like good to go. They could play there, you know, they could take forever to pull the turf in and out of the stadium as they always do and then show it 500 times on Fox. Thanks for that. And the Chargers would play potentially in Vegas. The biggest problem being, and at this point it's probably moot, but both teams play away in week one and they both play at home in week two, but the Raiders play on Monday night. So they would have to be okay with the Chargers christening their new stadium in Las Vegas. So there's that. And then the Rams would play in Dallas or potentially in Vegas as opposed to Dallas, depending on whether they're able to work it out logistically. And the fact that the flight to Dallas is a little bit longer and there would have to be a couple of scheduling changes. Like I think a game would have to be switched from a Saturday to a Sunday and then there'd be you know, some flexing going on. So it was a little more complex. And again, this is all talk at this point. Sort of a worst case scenario in the chance that there is football this year, but it just can't happen in, in California at some point in the season. So to answer your question, no, you don't have to play two away games, even though we, I'm sure we do great. So the NFL also did a good job in scheduling which I've never said before in my life, <laughs> but scheduling the beginning of the season so that the early games could easily be moved to the end of the year if necessary. They made sure there weren't any conflicts there. So that's another option in case the state of California, because Newsom's a Niner hater, or the rest of the country needs another few weeks to ensure safety for their players or potentially the fans, please, or just some unknown occurs. And they have a couple of different options, one of which would keep the Super Bowl when it is scheduled to be held right now and we just get rid of the bye weeks and the Pro Bowl. I don't, don't cry anybody. So we would just play 19 weeks in a row of football, which would be glorious. And they made sure to do it so there weren't conflicts. And then, you know, I mean, it's obviously going to cause conflicts for teams like the Niners, supposed to be playing in New York two weeks in a row. If it were to extend three, four weeks, then they'd have to move the Super Bowl back. And then it might get really messed up because then the Niners might have to be traveling to 
New York and then back and then New York and then back and then it, it could be sort of a mess. But at least there would be football. And right now I just want football. So hopefully we can play at home and hopefully we can play in front of a pumped up crowd at some point this season because, I mean, this is like the best time to play in front of a home stadium. Well, maybe other than Kansas City. But <laughs> this is the second best time to play in front of a home stadium. It's pumped up and, you know, it's really, really tasted the potential of victory and swallowed defeat very hard and really wants to get back this year and knows the team has a chance to do so. So I will conclude with saying that I can't see any way that there is an NFL football in 2020 because it would just be too financially risky. Yeah, for sure. And owners want their money and then if I want some money, the players want their money and they will play football no matter what. To play if they'll play in my backyard. But it's going to happen. <laughs> well, we want to thank uh, everyone for sending uh, questions out. Uh, and we want to thank you, as always, for listening to the Niner Noise podcast, part of the Fan Sided Podcast Network. Please check us out on your favorite podcasting platform. And please subscribe, rate, and uh, leave us a nice review. And share the podcast with all your 49er fan friends. We just uh, really appreciate that if you would continue to spread the love. Um, and until then, we will see you next time, Niner fans. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.